welcome to this week's climactic episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. This week, we have a lot of great things in store for you. We'll look at some listener mail, a tweet of the week. We'll also give you a detailed analysis of a Faking Star Wars poll. We have a hot update for you on our Rosetta Stone Wookiee Shirowook initiative. And we also have a lead story about the featurette, which appears on the newly released Star Wars Holiday Special Blu-ray. We also have a few surprises for you. My name is Storm Duper, and joining me is my co-host, IG69. Hey, Storm Duper. Faking Star Wars Listener Mail. This week's Listener Mail is a voice message left on our answering machine in Branson, Missouri. Hey, Faking Star Wars Radio. I have a question. I just want to know, this whole business, Lando, pansexual, what, what do you think kind of underwear the guy wears? I mean, come on. Boxers, briefs? I think he's more of a banana hammock kind of guy. What about you? Uh, I don't know. It's profound. Um, I mean, right off the bat, when I hear that, I'm going with banana hammock. But I think there's a lot of issues at play. You know, there's a lot of uh, cultural appropriation that we have to think about, too. What do you think, IG? Well, I hate to disagree with you, uh, Storm Duper, but um, I think he goes commando. Yeah, I think the answer is no underwear at all. That actually could be the title of the first Lando standalone film, Lando Commando. I believe that would be a very appropriate title, yes. It has a great ring to it. Mm -hmm. I think we should patent it now so that when Disney makes that film, they have to pay us a small royalty for coming up with the title. Excellent, excellent idea. Yeah, you know, the whole Lando pansexual thing, for me, it's sort of like calling a kettle black because I assumed... Uh, when I first saw Star Wars, everybody was a pansexual. I don't understand what everybody's on about. Well, um, like little known fact, if you look at um, Lando's uh, Wikipedia entry, he once uh, was engaged to Salacious Crumb. That makes sense. I mean, it's sort of uh, opposites attract. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Salacious Crumb is prissy. Um, he's hysterical. Lando's calm, cool, collected. No, I think they would have made a great couple. Yeah. Do you think they would have let Lando go ahead and pilot uh, the general's mission to destroy the Death Star? Because Salacious Crumb seems like the type of me to have, you know, he would have Lando wrapped around his little finger a little more. And well, he wouldn't have let him out. Can you guess why this question angers me? Um, because you wear tidy whities Well, everybody knows that. But um, even more than that, the reason the reason this question angers me is because it comes from a place of just absolute ignorance about Star Wars. Well, of course. I mean, it makes sense. He doesn't wear underwear at all. Right. I mean, we know from A New Hope that there is no underwear in space. That that was an essential part of the making of A New Hope. And I can't believe that somebody would actually bother to be wasting our time. I'm almost feeling like we're getting trolled here by somebody. Yeah, I think this, I mean, this quite clearly George Lucas's vision was an underwear-free universe. That's right, IG. It's time for our Tweet of the Week, which comes to us today from none other than Willie Bobo. You can follow him at, at FakingStarWars on Twitter. He writes, Lucasfilm announces Porgrum, a novel that details the Wookiee massacre of Porgs that occurred four years prior to the events of, who cares, 
Well, what do you think, IG? Uh, do you think that's a good idea for a new Star Wars novel? It's an excellent idea for a Star Wars novel. But, I mean, who cares? I mean, the Porg Wookiee Wars are a major event in the Star Wars universe. Who do you think would win between Porgs and... Uh... And Wookiees, because this sort of intimates that the Wookiees completely massacred them, but I'm not sure it would be that easy. First, the Porgs were winning due to this uh, size, um, what looks like a size disadvantage, but it was actually an advantage. The Wookiees aren't very mobile, so the Porgs would just go around and chew their ankles until they fell over and then devour them. Initially, uh, the Porgs would be able to probably kind of paralyze the Wookiees through annoyance, Mm -hmm. right? And being irritating, Mm -hmm. that would be their primary weapon, I would say. Well, you see, the uh, the Wookiees ended up coming back and winning the war and massacring the Porgs when they developed uh, a technology that increases the temperature of oil to a boil, at which point they were able to place the Porgs into that oil. Ah, you were talking about fire. No, no, it was a mechanical device. Oh, I think okay. it's an electrical heating um, apparatus of Got some it. sort. Yes, so there's this boiling oil, the Porgs were then able to be placed into that. yes. And then maybe with a little bit of batter and some salt and pepper. and um, So they figured out how to deep fry them is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you want to like go all non, you know, technical on it. Yes. So it's actually, it actually is KFP. Yeah. KFP. Yeah. Kashyyyk fried pork. Yeah. Kashyyyk fried pork. (laughs) There we go. Took us a while to get there, but yeah, we did yeah, get there. Yeah. We always do. It's a long, know? it's a long walk for not very much. Well, when you're riding the short bus, it's amazing you can get off some days. Yep. Today's poll is, which character would you like to see make a cameo in Solo, in the new Solo film to be released later this week? Choices are, A, Salacious B. Crumb, B, Wilrow Hood, the Cloud City Ice Cream Man, C, Porkins, or D, The Fonz, Henry Winkler. It's a tough poll. What do you think, IG69? Mm. What would you go for first? Well, of course, my favorite Star Wars character is the Wolfman. Okay, the Wolfman is not an option. I know, I know, sadly. So um, you'd like to uh, you'd like to give option then, E? Then I would I would like to see Porkins because I don't think he got a lot of time in the last uh, in A New Hope. He just sort of died. Well, yeah. I mean, how do we even know his name is Porkins? I mean, they, 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 say they don't ever it. mention. They say it. They're like Porkins. No, and he's like, oh. oh do they? They actually yeah. say Porkins. I'm pretty sure. Wow. I might be wrong. It might just be in the credits, but... Um, you think they juggled through, like, in development meetings? Like, what should we call this guy? Should what, we call what? him Beefins or Porkins? And finally, they were just like, let's go with Porkins. No, I'm kind of like, what should we call the fat pilot? Right. And, uh, yeah. So it sounds like you're leaning towards Porkins. Yeah, I would, of, yeah, I would go with Porkins then. Okay. Personally. Hey. Those delicious crumb, I would like to see him in everything. I think there's a fascinating story about the Cloud City Ice Cream Man. I mean, it's... It's one of those things where it's kind of like, uh, like it's almost like an alternate reality. Like, what story was going on here? I mean, think of it. Like, it could be a new alternate universe inside of that ice cream container that he's he's running around with on Bespin. So, there's the possibilities are endless. But he's doing a cameo. We're not seeing inside his ice cream bin. Well, that's why they. That's why maybe they could shed a little bit more light on the backstory of that ice cream container. So. Mm. Well, who do you think uh, the fans voted for here? There is a clear winner. All reality, I'd probably go with Salacious Crumb. I'd say is what the fan choice would be. Surprisingly, Salacious Crumb is currently in last place. Wow. With 13%. But 
I have to say, IG, you're with the crowd on this one. It is Porkins. By a, a, he's winning by 20%, actually, at 47%. Willie Hood, the Cloud City Ice Cream Man, at 27 And then Salacious and the Fonz, Henry Winkler, both at 13 So Wow. Yeah, keep it tuned here for more polls and great tweets and other content at Faking Star Wars Radio. Hey, we're back. Well, IG, uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, there's a new Blu-ray being released in the next week to coincide, strangely enough, with the solo standalone film. And it's the Star Wars Holiday Special, finally available on Blu-ray for fans everywhere. Well, that's no accident there, uh, Storm Dooper. You see, um, the Holiday Special uh, increased the lore about Wookiees quite considerably, and especially Chewbacca and Han Solo's relationship. Well, that makes sense. Well, I am kind of one of the people who really like to get into the guts and see how the sausage was made, as Mm -hmm. it were. Um, And it turns out that there is a very lengthy... A featurette documentary that explains what happened during the making of the Star Wars Holiday Special as well. It has a lot of really interesting uh, information. Really? So what kind of things are we going to be able to find in this featurette? I just can't wait to see it. Well, um, I mean, apparently um, uh, George Lucas's original vision was that uh, Han Solo was married to a Wookiee. Well, why didn't we get to see that in A New Hope? Um, I don't think they had uh, time to flush out his character there. That was supposed to be in the next movie. I mean, I guess it could be a little controversial if, like, Han Solo is kind of macking on the princess and he's got a lady at home as well. I mean, for kids. Stars is for kids, after all. Yeah, he's a smuggler, though. I mean... Well, that would be weird, though. I mean, what if if Han Solo and Chewbacca were, like, Eskimo brothers? Well, you know, maybe they have polyandry there, which is uh, where one woman marries multiple men. Uh, you're right. So all all Wookiees are kind of... Pansexual? Yeah. Okay. So what else can we find on this featurette? Anything else interesting? They talk about um, the actors passing out in their costumes. Really? Why did yeah. they pass out in the costumes? Uh, they didn't provide them with any oxygen and had them sit in these uh, costumes they couldn't really breathe in for long periods of time. I th- it's, that sounds like a directorial choice. I mean, they wanted the people, the aliens, to experience what it was like to be on an oxygen-depleted planet such as Kashyyyk. Mm. Something um, like that, right? I think it was more that there really wasn't a director. The original director in charge uh, had was apparently uh, more experienced at shooting music videos. I see. And, um, and then quit halfway through. I see. And okay. was replaced by a bunch of people who were sort of hired to handle certain facets of it and then um but you know ultimately didn't have proper control and or time to uh, maybe fix the mess that had been created by the lack of leadership early on so basically what you're telling me is that the solo production had a lot that they could have learned from the way this was produced well i think uh the solo production is actually paying homage to the uh, star wars holiday special Wow, that's just so meta, I just can't get my head around it. For me, the Star Wars Holiday Special will always be about that moment when, uh, is his name Lumpy? Lumpy is... um, The kid, right? The kid, yes. Lumpy, it will always be about, uh, you know, Lumpy trying to put his hand in between the jugglers that were juggling knives on the little projection hologram board. How about the realism of Grandpa Itchy furiously masturbating? (laughs) 
That actually, you know, that was sort of Lucas predicting the future of internet pornography, if you think about it. I well, mean, that's essentially what was going on there, was he had his little computer and he was on a dirty website. Well, the, like, the funny thing is, is that uh, Lucas, of course, hates this special with all of his heart. But a lot of the uh, ideas that, um, uh, that ended up in there were originally his, like uh, the idea of using uh, or, or of having the Wookiees speak in Shirawook without any translation or um, subtitles. For nine straight minutes? Yes. So <laughs> um, That he, sounds like a great idea for a podcast. Ah, yeah, that, that would be a great idea for a podcast. If only, if only some bold um, <laughs> podcasters got on that. So, um, yeah, so that was one of Lucas's um, uh, main visions. Also, the choice of uh, uh, production companies that did things such as the animation. Oh, right, the Boba Fett thing on the jelly planet? Right, so it wasn't so much that um, that he wanted it drawn like that, but he was still pretty anti the uh, established Hollywood systems and decided that he wanted to use um, companies that were outside that system. So he hired like a small Canadian animation company that wasn't well known for doing anything. Oh, I thought you were going to say he did like the edgy thing and farmed out the animation to Korea or something like that. No, no. At the time, um, he farmed it out to Canada uh, to a small animation company that really couldn't do good animation. It is so contrary to Hollywood to farm out stuff these days, you know? Oh, I mean, no, but they, they farm out things to companies that are established farming companies that, that do the... Do the yeah, work. Actually quality work. Yeah, quality okay. work, right. This was more um, taking a chance on some a company that was completely unknown. Hmm. Well, reading the summary here on, on the, uh, the pre-release of the DVD uh, mm-hmm. Blu-ray box, um, one of the things that's interesting to me is that originally they weren't able to get uh, the full cast like Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill agreed to do it, but then they really, really struggled trying to get Carrie Fisher to sign on board. She hemmed and hawed. She just didn't find it interesting to her as an actress. And then all that completely went out the window when a dump truck full of cocaine showed up on her street. Uh, yeah. Oh, for, well, the funny thing is truth is stranger than fiction. It, she was actually just promised. Uh, she wanted to sing. That was that was her condition. She wanted to sing. But she got to do a song. Yeah, she got to do a song. Excellent. So um, she she did a song. Yeah. What was? Do you remember mm. the name of the song? I can't remember oh. it right now. We should put that in the podcast. Yes, we should definitely sometime. play that. Like, that, sh- that should be like right after our uh, our exit. Um, Is it know. too soon to to uh, lament the fact that that wasn't played at her funeral? Oh my God, that would have been amazing. Anyway, the. Uh, the personality conflicts were good. Uh, Harrison Ford walked in and just phoned it in, uh, but Mark Hamill seemed to be really into it, and uh, I really did a lot of work on the uh, voice acting, which was interesting because he turned out later on to be a really good voice actor. Oh, yeah, like yeah. for Will Joker, and he, yeah. I mean, he did the animation voice sure. acting. And oh, stuff. And, I mean, and lots of other things as well, but uh, he, he was extremely interested in the procedure. I think this was his first experience with uh, voice acting. So, oh, I see. Yeah, huh. for the little animated bits. So we really have the Star Wars holiday special to to account for the fact that he's only done a fair few feature films since A New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and also I think... Face for radio, I guess? Yeah, but I think honestly the Star Wars uh, holiday special um, was a first for a lot of things, and and although it was absolutely horrible, um, it ended up influencing quite a bit of the way Star Wars turned out. Definitely. Well, uh, that uh, DVD, or sorry, Blu-ray is going to be released here in the coming weeks. You can, I'm sure, find it at all the big box stores. 
uh, Star Wars Holiday Special Blu-ray. Look for the featurette documentary on the making of it. You heard it here first at Faking Star Wars Radio. And we're back here in the studio. IG, um, last week in our podcast, we had an interesting new uh, initiative that we're offering fans partnering with Rosetta Stone. Can you explain what that was very briefly? Well, we uh, partnered with Rosetta Stone to make a Shiriwook dictionary and uh, so people could speak Shiriwook. Ah, yeah. yeah. Well, The Wookiee language for those who are just joining us. And this came out on May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Mm-hmm. And amazingly, uh, the demand has been through the roof. I thought everyone kind of had a working knowledge of Sherwick, but apparently that's not the case. No, I know. We've been getting a lot of uh, responses from our listeners uh, saying how wonderful it is and uh, just how much it's changed their life. Yeah, and happily, this coincides with a larger uh, charity initiative uh, called the Force for Change that um, J.J. Abrams and Lucasfilm started back during the initial production of uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Now, basically, every year, they, they have this Force for Change initiative. They try to raise money for this really great uh, charity called Unikith, and what happens is the fans will write in and they'll do posts. They'll get some production material sometimes for their generosity. And I think one fan can win like the spot to be a Porg in the next movie, mm-hmm. something like that. But this year they did something a little bit different. Can you explain what they're doing this year? Well, this year they're doing the Roar for Change. Ah, so they're asking fans to do their best impression of, of a Wookiee right. and send in their videos on Twitter or Instagram. And that's where... Uh, the Rosetta Stone initiative comes in Mm -hmm. because unbeknownst to us, uh, this has actually quadrupled the value of the money that the Roar for Change initiative has been able to take in because people have just gone hog wild. Uh, And we we over here at Faking Star Wars have been deluged with testimonials and we didn't really know what to do on this. I mean, we, we are very busy and Honestly, we've been burning the midnight oil, trying to think of a way that would be appropriate to sort of say thanks to the fans and just tell the truth about how uh, successful our initiative has been for raising money for Roar for Change. So we got in a very special guest to interview some of these people. Uh, Who is that special guest? Well, the uh, special guest is none other than Chewbacca. Chewbacca himself. Oh, yes. So listen to Chewbacca interview some of these people whose lives have been influenced for the better through the Rosetta Stone, Shirawook, and Roar for Change initiative. Well, hello there. My my name is Herbert. Uh, Roar, yeah, I was, uh, well, I have a long experience working with different uh, animals, both domestic and wild. And, uh, my latest job that I had was uh, working in the um, Kentucky Derby, actually. I worked in the pens there, uh, cleaning up after the animals. Uh, it's a specialty of mine. Well, it was my understanding that I was supposed to uh, examine the uh, excrement, if you would, uh, and try to come up with some kind of statue, as it were. So I was collecting the, the droppings of the horses that I could find there in the stables for several months, and I uh, ended up uh, producing quite the, uh, quite the statue of uh, Chewbacca. Well, 
Because I was able to uh, sell my statue for quite a handsome price, I was able to purchase and uh, and start a new training facility. Uh, we call it the uh, Wookie Dookie Sculpting Studio, and all the proceeds benefit uh, Unicaf. It's just been a pleasure to be here. I love Sherlock, and I love making statues of Wookies out of poop. Ever since I learned Sherlock. I've been able to understand my Wookiee slave, I, I mean Gardner, a whole lot better. Thanks, Roar, for change. Hola, me llamo Manuel. Bueno, hace unos días un tío vino a mi casa y me dio un libro que se llamaba Cómo hablar a Wookiee. Pues el señor se llamaba, eh, me parece que era Pablo Hidalgo y vino a mi casa y me dijo que ya llevaba bastante tiempo haciendo el trabajo en el Lucasfilm Story Group y quería volver a casa para comerse unas tortillas y tenía que reemplazarse con otro, otro eh, español, entonces pues me dio el trabajo. Bueno, me resulta bastante fácil porque tengo una destreza bastante amplia de hablar la lengua. Uh, my name's Tiffany. Oh, like maybe uh, eight months now? So, like, I learned some Chirrowook, and then I decided that I wanted to cover some pop songs and um, change the lyrics and write in Chirrowook and, um, you know, express myself. And I did a cover of Cisco's Thong Song. <laughs> of course, because I love sharing my art with people. I know, right? <laughs> It's just, it's made me so much more open-minded and, like, more willing to think about, like, other creatures who don't share my language. All right, IG. It's sad but true. That's our episode for today. Tell the listeners where they can get at us and send us interesting compliments and complaints. You can follow us on uh, Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram and at Faking Star Wars on Facebook at facebook.com slash realfakingstarwars. Hey, if you guys have any questions for us uh, on Twitter, make sure to use the hashtag FSWRadio. And if you're really nice to us, there's a chance we'll read it next week. You can also buy our official Faking Star Wars t-shirts and tons of other gear at tpublic teepublic.com slash user slash fakey star wars and if you want you can follow me on twitter at duperstorm it's free if you really like what you hear and would like to be a little bit more involved and support what we do you can visit www.ko slash fi.com slash faking star wars 
Go ahead, buy us a virtual coffee. It helps us fakers to keep the content that you love coming to you. If you don't want to do that, well, then we know where you live. As always, keep it tuned to http colon slash slash fakingstarwars.net. We're giving you quality Star Wars comedy, parody, satire. Thank you to all of you for listening and for the followers. May the foe be with you. See you next time. Goodbye, everybody.